So we're doing a sermon series this month called When We Worship. We started a couple weeks ago by talking about worship as a conversation between God and us, his people. Last week, we looked at confession and assurance as part of that conversation. We confess to God honestly that we've messed up, and God assures us over and over again that he forgives us and still loves us. Today, we're going to talk about preaching, preaching, a part of the service where we hear God's word spoken to us. This morning, I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians. I'll be reading from chapter 1, verse 18, to chapter 2, verse 5. Let's read. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. This is God's holy and infallible word for us today. So our VBS theme last month was Cave Quest. If you were here in June, you might have seen for a couple weeks our main entrance turned into a cave entrance. And one day as part of VBS, I talked a little bit about how when you're in a cave, it's really dark. And if you don't have any light, you're going to bump your head or run into the wall or something. But if you have a flashlight, then you can see your way. And then we handed out flashlights to all the kids, just little flashlights that said, Jesus is the light and the way. Jesus is the light and the way, and he's how you find direction in the dark times in the caves of life. So fun story, good message, it's all good. And if all you remember from this sermon is that Jesus is the light and the way, then we're doing all right. But do you know what happens whenever you have a large group of people and you hand out flashlights to all of them? 
kids, teenagers, adults, I don't care the age of the group. This happens every time. Some of the people turn the light on and they stare right into it. Every single time. I don't know why it is, but some people just can't resist looking into the light. And of course, if you look into a bright light, you can't see real well for a little while. But the next step that people usually take, and I don't know why they do this either, is to look at the person next to them and say, hey, I just shown this in my eyes and I can't see real well. How does it work for you? I don't know why it happens, but every single time we hand out flashlights, the funny things that people do. So this morning, this morning I'm preaching a sermon about preaching. And honestly, that's kind of a funny thing to do. Preaching is usually supposed to point us on to other things. It's supposed to show us, it's supposed to point us to Jesus. So a sermon about sermons might be a little bit like looking in the light of a flashlight. We can get so distracted by the mechanics of the thing that we forget to look at what it should be pointing to. So we'll talk about preaching this morning, but the real goal of this sermon, as with all sermons, is to help us see Jesus more clearly. But where we'll start this morning is that preaching is foolish. Preaching is foolish because preachers aren't perfect. We preachers, we don't always deliver perfect sermons. Shocking, I know, but it's true. So Stan Mast was the longtime preacher at LaGrave CRC in Grand Rapids before he retired a few years ago. And he used to tell this story about how when he was a young preacher just starting out, there was this particular Sunday that he just got it right. It was a great sermon. He nailed the text. He got the application in a way that was sure to grab everyone's heart. It was great. So he wrapped up his sermon. He did the closing prayer, the song, the benediction. And then he just danced down the aisle. I made that part up. But anyway, inside, he danced down the aisle. He got to the end. And he was shaking hands with everybody as they were going out. He got all the usual comments, you know, good preacher, nice to see you, good morning, whatever. And then this one little old lady with a cane walked up to him. Actually, she didn't have a cane, come to think of it. She walked up to him. She grabbed his hand in both of her hands and said, Reverend Mast, I've been listening to you for the last couple years. I'm really glad I got to hear you today. I'm just so glad about your sermon today because I can tell that someday... Someday, you might be a really good preacher. So, Reverend Mass did not somehow feel quite as good about that sermon anymore. And I think it probably took him a couple decades to really be willing to share that story. But we all know that sermons aren't perfect. Preachers are human beings. There's all kinds of ways, week to week, that things don't go right. Preachers can be too loud. They can be too quiet. They can talk too fast. They can go on and on and on. I was once at a service where the preacher forgot his notes in in his study, so he had to run out of the sanctuary at the beginning of the sermon, and all of us sat there for a few minutes just envisioning him rustling through his service, rustling through his study, and he didn't find a note, so he had to come back and preach anyway. There are just all kinds of things that we preachers mess up. There are things we don't get right. But thankfully, the true power of preaching doesn't come from human skill or great human ability. The true power of preaching comes from God's work. Preaching is foolish because preachers aren't perfect, 
But preaching is powerful because God speaks to us through it. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how worship is a vertical dialogue, a conversation that God starts and then we respond to him. And there's different points in the worship service when we together are speaking to God. When we sing often, we're bringing God our praises. When we pray, we speak to God about the things that matter in our lives, both the good and the bad. When we confess our sins, we're speaking to God. When we give our offerings, we're in some sense speaking to God. But there's also points in the worship service when God speaks to us. We open our services with a time of God's greeting where God welcomes us into worship. After we confess our sins, the Lord assures us that he forgives us. When we read the law as we did today as a guide to gratitude, it's the Lord telling us the best shape that our lives can take. At the end of the service, the Lord sends us out with his blessing. And in the time we probably think of first when we think of the Lord speaking to us, the Lord speaks to us through the reading and the preaching of the Bible. Now, a sermon has to be based on God's word, on the Bible. That is absolutely non-negotiable. If our worship isn't tied to scripture, at best it's incomplete, and at worst it's idolatrous. Worship and preaching especially are dangerous. We're talking to God, and sometimes we're talking for God. This is a crazy thing that we're doing week after week. But still, God has chosen and he chooses to speak through human beings to his people week after week. Even today, when God's word is truly preached, that is God speaking to us through the worship service. Preaching takes God's holy, infallible, perfect word, and it brings us to God's people. It brings that word to God's people here and now today. When Paul preached all those years ago, the believers that he preached to, the people who became believers that he preached to in different cities, they accepted that as the word of God to them. Paul would open up the Old Testament and he would show them how Jesus was the fulfillment of all the hope and all the promises of the Old Testament. And those believers, they believed God's word delivered to them through the human words of Paul. In preaching, we hear a human voice and we hear God's message to us. This is what one writer calls the comfort and the scandal of preaching. God really does speak through the words of sermons. He really does. And that is a great comfort. In his grace, God stoops down to us. He accommodates his word to us. He speaks in a way that we can understand. And that is a great comfort. But it's also a scandal. And it's a scandal because if God really does speak through the preached word, then that means that he speaks through poor, limited human attempts to proclaim the truth of the gospel. It's frankly a little bit ridiculous that God would choose to work through human beings to accomplish his plan to bring his message to people. You might even say it's foolish. And any preacher who has any idea what they're doing knows that it is ridiculous that God speaks 
through human beings. And yet, and yet, this is how God chooses to speak to us. And because of God's work, even imperfect people can preach God's word. Preaching is worth listening to because preaching is one way that God speaks to us. God works through even foolish things to show us his power. People can preach because God chooses to work in the church in that way. But then we all know, we all know that there are times that things go badly wrong. You can't just stand up in front of a worship service and say anything that you like and say, yeah, I preached God's word. Preaching has to get us somewhere. Text after text, week after week, you might look at one thing or another thing, but ultimately all preaching has to point us to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of other messages that people like to deliver and that people like to hear. But if someone's not preaching Christ, they aren't really preaching. Preaching is foolish because sometimes people don't really preach the gospel. Sometimes you hear preachers who just preach their favorite political platform. Or you hear preachers who have some particular thing that they just ride and ride and ride to death. Or you have preachers who are driven by some need to offend some particular people, to say what they have to say, whether people like it or not. For a college assignment once, I ended up going to a church that wholeheartedly believed in the prosperity gospel. So the preacher read an Old Testament passage, and then he closed his Bible, and then he talked about a trip he'd taken to Nigeria. And he had a friend in Nigeria who was really blessed by God. And that friend didn't just have money in banks. That friend owned banks. And then he talked about this new Lexus that his friend had picked him up in at the airport. And he spent 15 minutes talking about that Lexus. And I don't know if the car company was paying him royalties, but they should have been. Because we heard about everything. The leather heated seats. The dashboard. The radio. The wheels. The engine, the ride, everything. And then after that, we found out that we too could own banks and we could drive luxury cars if only we prayed hard enough and put enough money in the collection plate. And then they locked the doors and they said they wouldn't open them again until the offering was complete. So talk about a church lock-in experience to remember. That, that was a Sunday. But I suspect even if it's not that extreme, we've all heard sermons where the gospel of Jesus Christ is buried underneath a whole bunch of human foolishness. Sometimes preaching can sound just like a bunch of human words dressed up and pretending to be God's word. And sometimes, honestly, that's what people want to hear. Our itching ears, our wayward mouths often like different messages than the gospel of Jesus Christ. In New Testament times, the Jewish people wanted more miraculous signs. Beyond Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection, they wanted something more. They wanted Paul and the other apostles to give them more signs and more wonders. The preaching of just Christ crucified was a stumbling block to them. And the Greeks wanted wisdom. They wanted a sophisticated, intellectual, exciting way to ascend up to the divine. And a man being executed like a criminal just didn't do it for them. Gods don't die. 
Wisdom leads to bliss, not suffering. And so the message of the cross to the Greeks sounded like foolishness. People back then, people today. We often want a different message. We want to hear something that we can wrap our hands around and control. We want to hear nice things. We all have itching ears. But when we stray away from the message of Christ crucified and risen, our preaching and our listening becomes truly foolish. The good news, the news that we need to hear is that Christ was crucified and Christ has risen. That's the message that Paul kept on preaching. It's not always what people wanted to hear. It still isn't the latest fad or the thing that scratches our cultural or personal or political itches, but it's what we need to hear. Preaching only matters because it delivers to us the message of Jesus Christ, crucified for our sin, risen for our salvation. Preaching is powerful because of the good news of Christ crucified and Christ risen. It's foolish to preach any other message. There are all kinds of places you can go to hear nice stories, to get good advice, to be entertained, to hear what you should do next with your life. But preaching, preaching can include all of those things, but preaching has to be about pointing us again and again to Jesus Christ. We preachers don't really get to decide what we preach about. And you congregation don't really get to decide the message you hear either, at least if we're really trying to follow Jesus. If we really want to follow Jesus, then the message has to be Jesus Christ, crucified for us, risen for us, reigning forever. In the disgrace of a God who would die on a cross, we see God's great power to save us. In the foolishness of a God who would let himself be crucified, we see the only hope we have for now and for eternity. And even the apparent weakness of God, even when he works out his plans in ways that we don't understand, that is stronger than the greatest human strength you can imagine. Sermons can take a lot of routes to get to Jesus. We can talk about how we've all fallen short. We can talk about how Jesus is the answer to all the questions in our life. We can look at how God's people have succeeded or failed at living up to the standard that Jesus set. But the point of preaching is to lead us to see Jesus again. And we need to hear that message again and again and again. We are always distracted. Our lives keep pulling us away from this foundational truth of Jesus Christ. We get all twisted up and bogged down in other things. The world gives us terrible news week after week, and it offers us all these remedies for our troubles, but none of them work apart from Jesus. And so we come to worship week after week. We come to hear God's word, and God's word reforms us. God's word gives us a form and a pattern for our lives. God's word gives us a hope and a vision for how things really are and how they will be. Hearing God's word week after week reshapes us, 
reforms us into truly being God's people. Sometimes, especially in our tradition, we act like preaching is all about what's going on up here. A good sermon is one that gives us new information. And sermons should teach us. But sermons should do more than that too. Preaching is about reshaping us. Preaching is about forming us more and more into God's image. Preaching is about helping us to hear God's voice in a world where there are always, always other voices getting in the way. So as we listen to sermons week after week, we should be pointed to Jesus and drawn closer to him. That's a dangerous thing for me as a preacher to say because that means that if I don't do that, you people have a right to come to me and say, hey, you didn't get that right. It's a dangerous thing to say. But I think there's a couple, a couple practices we all need to keep in mind as we listen to sermons. Now, I got these ideas from another preacher, but I think, I think they're good. First, every week, every time you hear a sermon, we need to examine our lives. We need to examine our hearts in the light of that sermon. We need to be really willing to listen and to submit to the preaching of God's word. Now, honestly, most people don't do that. Even more honestly, most preachers don't do that when they hear someone else preaching. But it's what we're called to do. When we hear sermons, we need to be listening for what God's message is to us on this day. No preacher is perfect. No sermon is perfect. We're always tempted to sit in judgment on the preacher and the sermon. But resist that temptation a bit. Ask how a sermon, even a sermon that's not so great, can show you Jesus, can teach you more about God's will for you, can encourage you that week as you go out to follow God. But secondly, and you need to hear this part too, we need to examine sermons in the light of the Scriptures. We need to listen carefully to sermons to pick up whatever good we can from them. But we also need to listen carefully to sermons to make sure that what is being preached is truly God's word. God does truly speak to us through sermons, but we need to always be discerning about the message that we're hearing. We need to compare what the preacher says to what the text says. It's easy to be way too critical of sermons so that we never learn anything more through them. But it can also be easy to be too gullible, to just listen to sermons and sort of nod along and think, yeah, that, that sounds good. We'll go with that. When we listen to sermons, we need to be deeply receptive, but we also need to be truly discerning. And that's hard it's hard to have that posture all at once of listening deeply and also listening carefully. It's hard to be wise like that. But thankfully, we're not doing this all on our own. In the time of preaching, God works in the preacher and in the congregation. God works both through his word and through his spirit to make preaching powerful. Preaching is powerful because of God's word and his spirit. God works to teach us. God works to save us. You don't want your faith, your ultimate commitment, your hope 
to rest on just human wisdom. You want it to rest on God's power. And through His Spirit, God continues to work powerfully in us. Now, that doesn't mean that every week you have some exalted experience of God's Spirit or it's not a good worship time. It does mean that God is here in a special way when we gather in worship services. God works in us to prepare us to come here. God works in us to draw us here. And God opens our hearts and our minds. God is far more active in our worship than we usually think or expect. When we come to worship, we are responding to God's previous work in our lives. And so when we hear God's word, we expect, we hope, we trust that we are hearing what God wants us to hear. That's one of the reasons that we pray before preaching. Every now and then we forget or whatever. But that prayer, for, prayer before preaching, might call it the prayer of illumination, it's important. It reminds us that this whole thing goes because of God's power. And it helps us to realize that we all, we all need to depend on the Lord. I was at an examination once for someone who was going to be ordained as a minister. And as part of those examinations, you have a couple people who ask questions. And then they open it up to the floor. And anyone who's there can ask pretty much any question they like. Sometimes it gets kind of crazy. Sometimes it's just kind of boring. But at that particular examination, someone asked this candidate, what's important about preaching? Why does preaching matter? Why, why do you want to do this? What, what do you think it's about? And the candidate said some good theological things, pointed out some things that preaching is. And then he told a story about how a couple times, even in the limited preaching he'd done, a couple times someone had come up to him and said, you know, when you said that particular thing in the sermon, that really struck me. I realized there was something going on in my life that God had something to say about. And when you said that, I heard what I needed to hear this week. And this candidate's thought most of the time, he said when he heard that was, did I actually say that? Did I really say what that person heard? Sometimes he had, sometimes maybe he hadn't. But God had worked through the preaching of his word to speak what that person needed to hear that week. You might remember the story of Balaam in the Old Testament. Balaam was a sort of prophet for hire. You'd pay him some money, he'd go out and he'd curse your enemies. Blessing and cursing, available at a price. And another country hired Balaam to go and to curse the Israelites, to curse God's people. But on the way, God's angel kept getting in the way. And Balaam's donkey could see the angel, but Balaam couldn't. Balaam was so frustrated with that donkey, he beat it and beat it and beat it. And eventually, God opened the donkey's mouth, and the donkey basically told Balaam where to get off. And finally, God opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the messenger of the Lord, and he heard the message that God had for him. God can speak even through a donkey. That's surprisingly encouraging for us preachers, though sometimes you don't want to put yourself in that particular position. But it really is encouraging that preaching works because of God's power. Preaching is foolish, but it is a light that God uses to show us his word. God uses imperfect people to bring the church his words week after week. 
God uses even imperfect sermons to keep pointing us to Christ. And God works through preaching to bring his power to bear in our lives. In preaching, even though we preachers are foolish and limited, in preaching, God graciously speaks to us. Sometimes like through a donkey. Sometimes with great beauty and power. But the point is that in preaching, we hear God speak to us. And so week after week, we again focus on the cross. We again feel God's spirit at work within us in the church. At its best, preaching brings us to Christ again and and again. Again and again, God speaks to his people through his word and shapes us to be his people.